Hi, welcome to Just Friend Zone. I'm Josh. Uh, this week, Min and Jackie were well, not available to come join us today. So we have two special guests. Um, I, I begged Kevin to come out of vacation for this episode. So Kevin is back. What up, Kev? Hi, hello. I am once again here. It's 1130. <laughs> it's not too late. We play games a lot, a lot later when you're home, so. <laughs> I'd like to be able to sleep early one of these. <laughs> and then we have another guest here. He was on our podcast uh, not that long ago. Well, it's been a while, actually. We've had a couple episodes without him. He's our um, self-proclaimed number one fan. <laughs> and uh, he listens. <laughs> be quiet. I didn't introduce you yet. <laughs> Um, he listens to our podcast while he walks his dog and he messages me and Kevin and talks about our podcast. And so, uh, yeah. Welcome Damien back to our podcast. Yo, yo, yo. So happy to be on. What up Damien? Nothing much. Nothing much. Happy Tuesday to everyone. Happy Tuesday. Even we record or we release our episodes on Wednesday, but we record on Tuesdays. So just a little bit of the behind the scenes thing for you guys. Fun, fun. Fun, fun. Yes. Damien's been bothering us for a while, actually, to be able to come back on. Yes. <laughs> That's because I agree with Min. It's like low key addicting, more rather high key addicting to just, I don't know, <laughs> listen to you guys just kind of, you know, shoot the puck around and just want to talk about stuff together. I'm a friend. I want to join in. So yeah. yeah. Just, just friend zone. So you're welcome, man. You're welcome to here. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This uh this whole like like what is it like we keep on like rotating hosts in and out. It's got me thinking like maybe we should just have like a rotating hosts like thing instead of like three consistent hosts. <laughs> maybe we just do like ten hosts, but it's like you never know who you're getting on a given week. Mm. We should never introduce ourselves either. We just start talking. Yeah. So we have to figure it out like as the topic is going, like who's actually talking. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. That I would be pretty funny. funny. <laughs> I think so. I think it'd be yeah. funny. Well, I want to break too. Can I can I take the next episode <laughs> off? <laughs> no, because I'm still on vacation and there's no way Min and Jack here doing an episode on their own. <laughs> Damien can join. That's our third host for next week. <laughs> That could work. Damien, you available next week? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so we just set up the room and you just leave. <laughs> That's what I do every time anyway. I just set up the room for you guys and then I dip. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's fun. It's doing it's fun doing this. Uh like after a long day of work and you know, we record late usually. It's a little earlier today, but it's fun, man. I have a lot of fun doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's like, uh, like if I have to record while I'm here, like on in Florida, it's like, you know, typically you guys are recording about 10 o'clock there. So it's like 1 a.m. here. Mm-hmm. And it's like ridiculously late, but I don't know, man. But it's, it is fun. Like, that's why, like, I stay up for it, you know, sometimes. Mm. But I think... Like definitely like i would like a week where i don't have to worry about the podcast but every week i have to because i have to set up the group anyway so. Dude, 
All right, let me. I'll tell you. I don't think I told you this, but last week when you set up the room, mm-hmm. I told you right. It kicked me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so you had to redo it for me, and I was like, okay. And so like I turn on my camera and I turn on my mic, and I was just talking by myself randomly sometimes, right? Just to keep the room available. Uh huh. And it kicked me out again. <laughs> so what'd you do? It was like ten by the time it did that. So I was like, Kevin's definitely sleeping, and mm-hmm. so I just. I just told Min and Jackie, hey, we have a limited time to record, so we got to get this done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, like, throughout, like, in the middle of the podcast, Zoom was like, oh, here's 40, free 45 minutes. So, I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. Oh, well, that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, t- today's topic, we talked about working out with uh, me and Kevin and Jackie last time, but this time we're going to be talking about powerlifting. Because uh, Damien is an expert in powerlifting. I wouldn't say expert. I dabble. Yeah, I wouldn't say expert. I'd say professional. Okay, professional. Sorry. He's a professional powerlifter. And so he's going to give us some of his wisdom on powerlifting. Yeah. And uh, this is a topic that I've been actually wanting to get Damien on. Like, This is one of the things I wanted to talk about with him originally. But instead, we had like a life story thing. Because I thought that would be a bit more uh applicable especially because like you know we like to ask our guests is there anything you'd like to talk about and uh damien was like yeah well, i could talk about like my experiences uh like the life i've lived um and i thought that was a much better topic especially for like a first topic so i was like all right i'll save the power for another time um because you know as our listeners know like i'm a bit of like a workout uh nerd um and a workout addict so like i've always wanted to talk about powerlifting with damien just because i come from a background of like uh, sport performance and bodybuilding. So powerlifting in itself is like a very foreign world to me. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring him on here to kind of like break down the the mystique of it and kind of break down the barriers that I know to powerlifting. So Damien, how'd you get into powerlifting? First of all, yeah. So first disclaimer, I would say I would not say I'm a professional because I haven't made money off of it. Um, purely a hobby, so I would maybe more classify myself as an enthusiast. Uh, so how I got into powerlifting was in San Francisco. Um, the I always was pretty fit as a person. Like I always liked keeping up uh, fitness as a way to keep healthy. And in high school, I did sports. And, you know, after high school, when I started living in the Bay Area, I just continued the fitness trend in order for me to kind of keep in shape. Um, Didn't run as much, but that's when I started hitting the gym traditionally a lot more, doing a lot more weightlifting. And it just so happened that a couple of the gyms that I went to, uh, especially the one that was just like down the street from my house, was notorious for having a bunch of power lifters in one corner, hogging the squat racks and the deadlift uh, areas. And over time they became my friends and uh, in high school, I always kind of, I, I did sports like track and cross country. It was more about speed. It was more about endurance, kind of like an agility standpoint, but I was always curious about how strong I can get about if I were to push myself to my absolute limit, like how much weight could I actually move? How much like, uh, can I actually lift? And so it was, a culmination of that curiosity as well as just being surrounded by those types of people that ultimately led me wanting to sign up for my first powerlifting competition. 
How long did it take you to prepare for that first uh, competition? My first competition, I only had about three or four months to prepare. Um, there's uh, a couple of people that I know that said that's plenty of time mm. to sort of get ready for it because basically uh, the way that my coach structures my powerlifting program is every eight weeks. So I have like an eight week rotation. So you can get in like two rotations of like two blocks of training before, you know, heading up to your competition. Hmm. So I remember it was like at, towards the end of 2018, I was not doing, keeping up with my um, fitness as much as I wanted to. And so I, I thought that, you know, entering a competition was a way for me to like kind of get back on track and kind of get, uh, really motivate myself and kind of push myself to do something I hadn't done before. So I had about three, four months and the first month I would say was kind of not wasted, but it was like, not really, it didn't feel really productive because at the time I didn't have my coach. I was going off of uh, just whatever was available on the internet as a program you should sign yourself up for. But there are different types of people when it comes to training and the type of person that I am, I am a very good athlete where I am very good when someone tells me what to do. You mm. tell me to do this. I want to do that. You t tell me how high I'm going to jump that high. Um, but as far as like trying to like set everything, set everything up for myself or trying to get everything established for myself, setting a plan like X, Y, Z, I'm not so good at that. Mm. So the first month was just kind of me just working out just to work out to kind of get my strength back in general. And then that's when I actually saw on Instagram that one of Kevin Kim and I's uh, like acquaintances from high school was a powerlifting coach. So I was like, Hey, like I'm trying to get into this. Can you help me? He said, absolutely. And that's how like, you know, my relationship with my coach started. Mm. Is he still your coach? He's still my coach. Mm -hmm. oh. Nice. So you yeah. just kept up with them like during pandemic and everything? Yeah. Um, during pandemic, I didn't work out as much as, as consistently as I would like just because life gets in the way like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I think also just quarantine and just being stuck at home indoors all the time, like it's hard to kind of compartmentalize the different aspects of your life. Like back up in the Bay Area, I knew, you know, I worked, I worked at work, disconnected myself physically by going home and then home was disconnected physically by going to the gym and knowing that, okay, if I'm going to be at this place, I need to make sure I dedicate and make the most out of my time at, the, at this place. Mm -hmm. Now during quarantine, I set up my home gym, in my garage, I work from home. So I feel like at the end of the day, I've been a bit more exhausted because everything's kind of like culminated into the same thing. So it's hard to separate the motive and kind of drive myself to kind of work out the same. But uh, I still talk to my coach. He's still um, the main person I like look forward to. He's been super patient with me and, you know, he puts a lot of, he has a lot of belief in me and the confidence to say what weights I can move at. So, you know, it, I really owe it to him and his reassurance because sometimes you just need someone else just to be there to say, Hey, that looks really easy. You can actually go up. You can actually do the next step. Mm -hmm. so, he, so he's actually like, not, I wouldn't say like, I don't want to say this in like a 
disbelieving way, but like he's actually like really good at this stuff. So to be able to like look at you and be like, oh hey, like I think you can push yourself a little bit more, and to do it safely, you know, because like, I think there are a lot of people that like they're kind of meatheads and they'll be like, yeah, you gotta push as much as you can, like put on ten more pounds, you know, and like it's like you shouldn't be putting that extra ten pounds on there, but it seems like whatever he's doing, it's like he has a like he, his eye is good at catching that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for those of you who may or may not know, my coach is basically um, Juan Salgado. His training or his uh, group is called the the Chosen Ones. Um, and the way that he operates is the way that he would have liked to be treated as an athlete. Mm-hmm. He, you know, so when he, he told me how when he got into powerlifting, um, you know, he had gotten coached from like a really well-known uh, like a uh, powerlifter, but the relationship from that powerlifter was not what he expected. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that combined with the fact that he did want to be a trainer through his own culmination of his experiences, he was able to identify, this is what I like about training. This is what I don't want to do to the people I do train. Um, so, you know, he's not like a, there's some moments where he's he can be a meathead, but like you kind of have to be that a little bit when you're trying to you know be in the competitive scene. But right. he'll always take into account your feelings and being receptive to you know um, how you want to approach your training because it's your fitness journey and he's not going to impede on that. But you know when he sees that you just need that boost of confidence and that you really can take that next step, he's going to push you to do that. Mm. So you said that you were in the bay when you started. Was he also in the Bay or was he down here? No, he was down here in Southern California. So mm-hmm. he basically set up my training program through an app. So, you know, I signed up for the app that he sets up my program with. Mm-hmm. And then basically throughout my training, I take videos of how my form is and he will critique it. Uh, so like, you know, I'll work out one day, I'll take videos on like my sets it's usually the last set I have or the last two that I did mm. uh, of the book. Cause like, you know, that's when I'm most tired. So that's when I'm most susceptible to like um, form error mm. or some sort of like a mistake. And that's when he says, okay, like make sure you keep your chest up here. Uh, your bar path was really straight here. So you did a good job there. Uh, and then he'll, he'll notice like small things that obviously I can't see myself during, you know, while I'm doing the lift. Mm. Ooh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Very technical. Wait, so you've never actually like he has he never actually seen you work out in person? No, we worked out in person. Like once I moved down here, we like I've been able to get a couple of sessions in with him. Um, he likes to say that I'm a robot. <laughs> uh, he says that there are certain clients of his that are robots where if he just sets a program, like you know, they do pretty well with just doing the routine and just kind of sending him videos, and he just he's like you guys are pretty much like on autopilot. There are other people obviously that he needs to be there in person to kind of like, you know, help out more. So he kind of has uh, tailored uh, programs and ways to address his clients and his trainer uh, trainees, you know, depending on how they are as people. Mm. Gotcha. That's really cool though. Like, cause like, you know, like obviously like you're, you mentioned like, I know once I got it too. And I, I like, it was funny cause, I think I remember like his Instagram handle used to be the chosen one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, like when you said like his thing is like the chosen ones, I was like, oh, that's that's funny. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's clever. clever. Yeah, it's clever, and I think it's like really cool to see like 
how he's doing now, you know, like not because like I didn't think he was ever gonna like do anything, but like to see like like because I don't know like, about you, but like I haven't kept up with a lot of our friends from high school, so it's like to know that there are people that are doing things with their lives, like it's it's just cool to hear, you know. Yeah, like he has about I think 10k followers on Instagram, just like looking at his posts and his videos. You never really know how people are doing outside life, but at the same time when you do hear from them, you just kind of want to cheer them on because, you know, you want to root for everyone like winning at life. And um, yeah. his his story inspires me and I'm really, you know, stoked for the success that he has. But I wouldn't be like a part of his program if I didn't think that it would work out. Because I feel like by now it's coming up to like, it's like basically almost three years coming up to the end of this year that I would have been training under him and I wouldn't have stayed that long if I didn't think, you know, his program worked. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, if if you're sticking with a program that you don't believe in for three years, like you're you're dumb, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think it's hundred percent. Like, it definitely does show that his program works. And uh, if you want, you know, go ahead and plug it right now. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, if you guys wanted to also take a look at his Instagram, kind of follow along with him. His uh, it's the underscore chosen Juan, his name, and then the number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first advice that he gives, which you know I strongly agree with, is if you are curious about getting into the powerlifting scene or even any sort of like competitive sports scene, um, hire a trainer. I mean, obviously there are going to be bad ones and there are going to be good ones, but mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of like combing through and finding a trainer that works well with you and yeah. your fitness goals is going to vastly improve how you are going to perform. And what your goals are going to be like, because um, basically wh- during that first month that I was training by myself, I felt like I wasn't making much progress at all. I think I was adding like five pounds every week. Mm-hmm. And then through not and then through Juan's program, I'm not trying to say it's like magic or anything kind of feels like it is, but it's not um, some like he was able to provide the reassurance and the correct training to be able to say, okay, we could actually bump up this much if you're doing this well, or taper it back saying, if you're not hitting those numbers as much, we can kind of taper it back to make sure you are being more consistent with your uh, technicality and form. Mm-hmm. I mean, does he have you on any, you know, magic sauce? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely no magic sauce. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I just think it's cool. <laughs> so I, I had a quick question because, like, Kevin loves working out. I'm more of on the casual side of working mm-hmm. out. Um, so I know nothing about powerlifting, rather like other than just you're competing to see who can lift heavier. Mm-hmm. So for those competitions, is there, cause I know there's like different areas you can compete in, right? So like bench squats. Mm. So when you go to those competitions, do you do all of those events or do you pick one that you really like the most? Great question. So there are different categories of, so I, for context, I've only done two competitions. Mm. Um, one to see where I would first start off at. And then second to see how much I can improve from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been a while, so like I uh, want to just throw that out there first. There, the main competition that you can sign up for is like the full three, which is squat. So it starts off with squats, then it has bench lift, and then deadlift, ending 
the rotation. So you do that basically all day. Um, and there is categories depending on like which gym is sponsoring the competition and which federation it's from mm. that it is, can be a squat by itself. It could be deadlift by itself. Um, and yeah, so like there, like uh, I, remember, I think my second competition, I saw people sign up for like deadlift only, but they were lifting like crazy numbers. Like I was just like, Oh, that's a lot of weight on the bar. Um, like that's like for multiple people on one bar. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, that's the best way I can answer your question. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, cause it makes more sense. Cause like if you have to do all three, you probably can't really lift as heavy as you would if you just did one, right? So it's actually spaced out pretty evenly. Um, and like when you train, you train as if you're going to do all three. Uh, like, okay. yeah. So uh, it can seem a little intimidating to have to do all three in one day. But if you think about it, if you think about all the accessory workouts that you do and all the warm up and the, the cool down and like all the other stuff that you do besides just the, just the three lifts mm-hmm. and like, it's just a matter of like shifting those, the energy for like just those specific, uh, you know, three categories rather than, you know, all the rest that's accompanied by with it. Usually when you work out, you know, mm-hmm. so this is actually perfect for a segue. Uh, for a question I wanted to ask, which is how, like, cause you worked out just to work out for a bit before you did powerlifting, right? Mm-hmm. So then how do you find that like when you're structuring your workouts for powerlifting specifically for powerlifting goals, how does that differ from like, say like just for general working out or like say like bodybuilding? Um, so I know that when I did general working out, I did the five-day workout plan, which I think every novice kind of bases off on, which is like chest triceps one day, back biceps another day, leg day, uh, shoulders, arms day, you know? Um, So I think that's like the basic. That's what I started out with, just doing basic workouts there. And what I noticed is that, like, yes, you can get results from doing that, but Mm -hmm. I also saw that as quickly as you gain those results, you also quickly lose it if you don't stay consistent with it, you know? Mm. Um, Like for just for um, an example, I would work out, then I'd get in a relationship, get relationship weight, not go to the the gym as much. And all of a sudden my arms, like at the time I was like really skinny. Um, So I just would lose all muscle definition. I would go back to just being skinny. and then having a beer belly on top of that. Uh, so <laughs> what I found with powerlifting is that your body kind of retains that training more and for longer periods of time um, because it's more, it's a lot more dynamic movement. Um, it's a lot more just kind of like focusing on your strength rather than just the uh, physical appeal, the outside appeal of when it came to traditional bodybuilding. So like, don't get me wrong. Bodybuilding's difficult. I'm not trying to knock it. Like for the, for those who are dedicated, um, it's just two different types of results I feel. And I feel that powerlifting kind of suited me more with life because when I don't work out with powerlifting for a while, 
I can pick it back up and most of my relative strength still retains and it's still there. Um, and I can, you know, just kind of pick it back up more quickly than I would with like just regular bodybuilding where like, I know it's going to take a whole lot of work to kind of get all the fat off of me, if that makes sense. Um, does that answer your question? Uh, I feel like that's a yes and a no. <laughs> I was, I was expecting more of an answer based on like, cause then like for me, like when I'm, like planning to go to the gym like i said like I, I work out for like general fitness and bodybuilding you know okay for me like i work out where i'm like okay like i'm gonna be doing like four to five different workouts for one specific muscle group i'm gonna do like four to five sets and that's gonna be like in the rep range of like eight to twelve reps you know oh so you're saying like how the program structured specifically versus like the effects and the different appeal of the of both sides to it right right so like you know, like for bodybuilding, like as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, it's much more high reps, high volume, uh, more workouts in general. And I, I'm not sure if like powerbuilding is like, because whenever I see powerlifters like in the gym, they're literally like on the squat rack for like a full hour and then they leave. And I'm like, that's your whole workout. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, I can answer this question a little bit better than the way that my trainer has my workout scheduled is I'm doing either either at least both lifts sometimes just one um, but I'm doing one or two of the lifts uh, specifically uh, for the day and then from there maybe some accessories to address some target areas that could actually help improve those lifts mm -hmm. um, so for example when I worked out today I did uh, four reps of one squat, like, so four reps of one, um, at 70% capacity, uh, or it's a seven RPE. So what that means is, um, if I were to do that one rep, would I have enough power in me to be able to do two more reps? If so, then that's the weight I should, you know, stay at mm -hmm. to do, to do for that full set. It's a little confusing math-wise. It took me a lot, a lot to get used to it. So, um, so I did four reps of squat at one set, and then I did uh, five reps of bench press, and you know at varying weights. And then from there, I had to do uh, pull-ups, like wide grip pull-ups. And what the wide grip pull-ups allowed me to do is work on my lats uh, for engaging both my bench press and my deadlift, because um, my coach said that. Um, I need better uh, kind of like training in that area in order to improve both of those lifts. So th that's kind of like how the weight program is structured. Um, and yeah, so I think that's why you see someone take like an hour on the squat rack because that's really what we're doing. We're trying to, we're basically treating every workout session as like a competition. Like if this were to be a competition, if this were to be game mode right now, like how would I be able to perform at this, uh, at this competition? And so that's, that's kind of like the mindset that I set for myself. And I'd assume that's what everyone sets when they go in, which is why they focus on basically just those three lifts. Gotcha. Okay. That explains a lot now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't know. Like every time I see powerlifters, I'm always like, dude, like, cause then like they do like one rep of a squat and it's like a heavy weight. Like don't get me wrong. It's like, like three or four full plates on each side, you know? And I'm like, wow, that gut is more than I could ever dream to squat. But 
they do that one rep, they rack it, and they sit on their phone for like 10 minutes. And like, um, you almost done there, buddy? <laughs> you know? So it's just like, it, it definitely helps like break down a little bit of like the, the mystique around like what they're doing. Right. Gotcha. Cause like, yeah. Cause part of it is really kind of like getting your body used to the weight and I'm not trying to like, it's kind of like, um, if I could tell myself, okay, like I could do this weight in the gym. And then when I go into competition, there's a period um, before there's like a week or two before the competition where it's kind of like your dead week where you don't do heavy weights at all. You do very, very light weights. You probably don't even lift for the most part. Like I, I think like a couple of days you don't even lift before the competition. Mm-hmm. But the idea is uh, during the block, you get yourself used to really heavy weights that should like basically is a way to calculate what your one rep max should be. Mm-hmm. Kind of get your body used to that, kind of get it conditioned to that. Then let your body take a break for the two weeks leading up to it. And then once you're at the competition, you just go through your warm-ups, your body, your muscles are rejuvenated, and then you're able to hit that new goal as if it was nothing. As it like it's a very crazy thought that you know, moving from when during your training phase that you were like either struggling or having difficulty with this weight going into the competition phase, lifting more than that and be like, Hey, this is actually really easy. And part of that is due to just like allowing, allowing your muscles to rest from fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, I get what you're saying as far as like, really, you just did one rep and you're going to rest for five (laughs) minutes. But that's literally what my coach had me program for today. He said, Uh he's like said, do four reps or four sets of one, and in between, in between each rep of one, do a five-minute rest. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's at, to some point calculated, but I, I could. It's part of the misnomer that obviously goes along with powerlifters in a gym. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So earlier, you also mentioned like for you, like you noticed that when you're working out for bodybuilding or like for general fitness, like. The gains came and then the gains went super quick. But the powerlifting, you feel like it's a little bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like maybe that's just like a like? Is that do you feel like that's an individual type of thing, or do you feel like that's like you can generalize that to most people? I think I can generalize that to most people because I think there's there's a couple of fitness experts that say, if I remember correctly, if you train to lift more then your relative weight as far as mass wise so it's your relative mass mm-hmm. the gains and the strength that you uh achieve from that are retained and longer lasting than if you were to do some sort of body uh like a bodybuilding program um i'm trying to remember so there's like this canadian fitness trainer called Greg gallagher where he has this program called kino body um, and I actually signed up for his program. And one of the first things that he talks about is if you're able to lift, uh, your, you know, more weight relative to the percentage of your body mass, then that mass is retained a lot better. And then I think there's this other YouTuber called Jeff Nemit, I believe, who talks about the same thing in a couple of his videos. Um, and obviously there's a lot more, you know, factors that go into fitness and it can't be put so like black and white, mm-hmm. but I feel like me hearing it from both those sources as well as experiencing it myself 
since powerlifting, you're lifting a lot more weight compared to your own body mass, then it's uh, it's going to be retained longer. And that's why when you can go back to the gym, you can pick it up easier versus like some, like I remember when I would do just the five day workout, if I didn't work out for like a couple weeks and I tried going back to bench press, all of a sudden the plate feel, felt really heavy to me. And it was really hard for me to get back to like doing a, a one plate bench press versus um, like with you guys, for example, when I, when we were all over at Kevin's house and you know, I did the two plates on the bench press. I actually hadn't done that in like a couple months, <laughs> to be honest. Like I like was kind of hovering around 185, 205 bench press because, you know, it kind of went back to the whole uh, pushing yourself in aspirations while during quarantine. But of course, when I'm with my guys, <laughs> do it. So it's, it's like, it just kind of speaks to, you know, hey, the strength is still there. It still can be retained for a lot longer, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like maybe the beer was a small factor in that, though? <laughs> <laughs> kind of numbing the pain response, you know? Not gonna lie, you know, Soju <laughs> kind of got me going. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Like, when you, like, like when you see like a YouTube kind of fitness person, like, kind of repeat back like what you've been like thinking you're like oh okay like it's nice to like feel like you're not alone mm-hmm. but like, I know, like keto body i don't know so much though because like for the people that i watch like i feel like they always like kind of rip on him as like i don't know like he sells like he's definitely in it for the money rather than the fitness which oh is, no like, for sure yeah like very few people can actually follow along this program like Shame to say it, I bought the Greek god program like back at the beginning of college. And look, I'm still not looking like a Greek god, despite like, but that's that's not to his credit, to his fault. I just really couldn't follow along with this program. Um, I needed like a live trainer. Mm-hmm. I thought that buying someone else's training program would be able to get me into it, but no, I need like an actual live person to be tailored to my specific journey and say, yeah. hey, here, do this. Um, so, but, uh, I could definitely see it for him, like where like, it's more in the money standpoint versus like actually breaking down the science behind it. I don't know. It's, uh, to each their own and he's successful for a reason, I would assume. But, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, you know, Damien, you did have a random person drop by your Twitch stream and tell you that you're handsome AF. So yeah, that was that's true. I was there. I heard him say it. I think he was more so just complimenting my stream, not me as a person. No, no, dude. He said, look at this handsome guy with this backward hat and upside down <laughs> mic. That's, that's word for word. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you can kind of try and throw that, deflect that to say that he was talking about your stream, man. That was definitely... Like oh, he's, he's talking about my stream setup because I have an upside down mic. Like you know, that, that totally plays out. And, and the handsome guy with the backwards cap. Come on, man. <laughs> no, but like I totally like that's the thing that I hate about working out. Like, because when I, Kevin and I were working out consistently, I wasn't lifting crazy. But then if I go back and try to do what I did back then, dude, I don't know if I can survive. <laughs> so <laughs> that's like the most discouraging thing. It's like. I put in all this work and it's just gone, you know, like, so it's just like rough. So what would you say to people like that get discouraged like that? Damien? What I would like to say is everyone has their own fitness journey. Hmm. You shouldn't try to compare yourself to how you were before. 
you shouldn't try to compare yourself to how you know you are to other people because the way I like to look at it is if you're busy with life in a good way, in a bad way, life gets life just gets busy, you know? So it's okay to have your focus shift to different priorities at the time. But if you're wanting to make that shift back to fitness and back to, you know, your journey with health, that's a beautiful thing. That could, I would encourage it and just kind of like take it as a ground zero and just take it as I've been through this before. It, I know what to expect. And at the same time, like this, if this is my goal now, then I just got to do this now. Mm. Um, because I don't think that just because you're not as fit or strong or jacked or healthy as, you know, you may have been in the, um, in the past doesn't mean you can't start over again. So like, yeah, that's, that's what I would have to say to people who are hesitant about getting back to their foot, their fitness journey. Mm. Yeah. I actually have a point on this too, is, uh, well, actually, I have like two things I'd like to say is one, uh, first is actually a point that Damien made earlier about his coach, where he, his coach will always say like, you know, try to find the coach that's right for you. And to that point is like, yeah, like, uh, don't look for a coach that doesn't understand your needs. Like if you're a skinny person and you're trying to bulk up, don't go to a coach who doesn't understand the struggle of like trying to bulk. Like if that just comes naturally to that coach, he's not going to understand your struggle. Right. So yeah. then why would you go to him for advice? Because likewise, like if you're someone who struggles to like lose weight and keep that weight off, like why would you go to someone who's been skinny all their life and doesn't understand the struggle? It's like, you know what I mean? Like they just can't, no matter how hard they try as much as they might have good intentions, like they're just not going to be able to help you as much as somebody can who has been in those shoes too. So mm -hmm. I mean, like, that's why, like, there's, like, this one coach where, like, he made headlines because he was, like, super skinny all his life. He got super buff. And then he had clients that would come to him, like, that were overweight and be like, yeah, I'd want to lose weight. But then he couldn't, he just couldn't empathize with them because he'd been skinny his whole life. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to get super overweight and then I'm going to lose. Oh, yeah. That. I, yeah. I, re I remember seeing the, the posts and stories about that coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, like. I respect that guy because I could never do that. Like, to be honest, like, but like he, I think he shot, like he put on like an extra, like 50, 60 pounds ish of like just pure fat. He stopped working out. He was yeah. eating junk every day for like two months. And then he was like, all right, like, let me try this weight back. And he did it. And then he said he had a better understanding of how to like help his clients that were overweight now. Mm -hmm. And so like, just to the point of like, find the coach that's right for you. And the one that understands your journey, uh, number one. But then also number two um, <clears throat> is like, like to Damien's point of like, try not to think about like the past and like focus on like what your journey now needs to be mm -hmm. is like, I saw this like, um, like sports, sport interview where they asked this question of like, oh, like, are you like, you know, you did this well in the past game. Like, are you thinking about doing that again this game? And he goes, no, I don't think about what I did last game. I don't care about how, like how my stats were last game. They're like, why not? And he says, cause that's my ego. Like, oh, like I did this and this before. Well, can I always do it again next game? No. So if I always talk about how well I did in the past, that's my ego talking. Mm -hmm. And then if I talk about how well I'm going to do, that's my pride. That's me like saying that I'm going to do this, but do I have any guarantee that I'm going to 
play as well as I want to? No. Mm. So the only thing I can be is in the present moment. And that's humility. And I think that's what like everyone should be in the fitness journeys. Like don't think about like what you used to do because that's your ego. And don't think too much about like where you want to be. Like you need both, but don't like sit in those two extremes too often. And just be in the present moment. And like what I always try to do is like whatever I was at last week, I just want to be better than that this week in the gym. Mm. So it's just take it one week at a time for me at this point. And I think that's like something that I would like, obviously the question was directed at me, but I have thoughts on this. So I was like, mm. like I think that. No, if- I thought that was very well put. That was, I, I like that a lot. If, if you want to know who that was, that was Giannis. <laughs> yes, it, was. it was Giannis the, the finals MVP that won today. So. Oh, they won? Yeah, they won. He had 50 points tonight, too. Oh, my God. I got to look at this really quick. (laughs) Damn, sucks for CP3, dude. Oh, my God. Dang, congratulations to Giannis and the Bucks. That's their first championship, right? Yep. Damn, boy. Since, like, late 70s. Dang. Good for Giannis. Sucks for Chris Paul. Got to say that. I, I feel for the guy. Um, but man, wow. Yeah. I, I saw the interview too. And at first I kind of laughed. I was like, well, that's kind of, kind of weird, but it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Like as an athlete, if, if you're stuck on what you used to do, like, I mean, I understand what you guys are saying. Cause like even in video games or like when we play basketball, mm-hmm. I think for me, that's something that sticks to me a lot where it's like, if I make a mistake, if I do this wrong, right, the next game, it always kind of gets to me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to make that mistake. It makes me play worse or do worse, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's a great mindset to have and something that people don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, like, I saw that and I was like, dude, like, like obviously, like, you're always taught as an athlete, like, be in the present moment, be in the present moment, be in the present moment. But, like, the way that he broke that down as like, this is your ego. This is your pride. And this is humility. Like I was like, Holy, this man just blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he dropped 50 points tonight. Cause he was in the present. So. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah. He didn't let, he didn't let being down. Oh, two destroy him. He was like, that's the past. Dude, they came back. Oh, two and one, four, two. I know that's freaking crazy. I mean, like, still, it's not as bad as how the Warriors lost. I do have to admit that. <laughs> Being a Warriors fan, coming like losing like three and zero, still, uh, man. It's okay, man. <laughs> you guys will have your. I feel like the Warriors have to do well this season. Like, there's no way they don't. Like, they have Clay and Steph and Draymond all coming back. They have like good up-and-coming stars are not stars but like upcoming rising players so it's like you guys have to do well this year apparently clay thompson's expected expected back sooner and apparently draymond green has been shooting the ball really well with team usa so not to burst your bubble but you know the international three is a little bit closer than the nba three god damn it <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put it out there. I think the international three is a college college level three. Yeah, that's why that's why uh, there was this thing about how Carmelo is the perfect uh, Team USA player because everyone else can take attention off of him and he just needs to shoot threes. Yep. I mean, like though they they were talking about Draymond's shooting percentage overall, not his three percent shoot, like yeah. three shooting percentage. So. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's got good players around him, so it definitely helps. Dude, I actually saw this video this morning. Um, they were talking about how Team USA in the history of being in the Olympics, for basketball at least, mm-hmm. they've only lost five games. Oh, and then they lost two. In the, in and then they month. lost two in last this past month. Jeez. And but it was it was kind of it was cool. Like the video was basically saying back in the day when like the dream team was there, basketball wasn't kind of developed in other countries. Everyone watched the NBA, right? Right. And people in those times didn't even if they were great, they didn't have opportunities to come to America because. Technology-wise, you know, scouts aren't going to fly to another country just to see one guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, they were saying Sabonis. You guys know Sabonis? Yep. Yeah. So his apparently his dad was a like amazing player. Uh-huh. Like he, They said he was like a seven-foot Larry Bird with the better shot. Damn. But he never got his opportunity in the NBA because he just never got the opportunity. Because he was in Europe? Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so um, I think he finally got his opportunity as a rookie when he was like 30 something. Oh. And by then, you know, but he was still a beast. Like, like he wasn't like an all-star, but he was still really good. Mm-hmm. And so the video was break, basically breaking down how, how, how did the U S lose to Nigeria when four years ago or eight years ago, they beat him by 83 points. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016 or no, the last Olympics, they, they beat them by 50 something and then now they lost to them so like they're basically saying everyone's developing and M- and then in the nba they're being cocky and so all these countries are developing in basketball everyone's getting better but like the nba is being complacent with where they're at and so yeah that's uh it's one of those things where if like you're on the pedestal it's kind of hard to keep driving with that same hunger yeah so I saw that video this morning and I was like, what the heck? And they're basically saying like Luka Doncic is like supposed to be the next face of the NBA. And he's, he's not an American, you know? So like it's definitely shifting. Yeah. I think also like it's just a general like talent, in, like in the U S itself. It's, I feel like it's not as like, because I think for gener- like for a couple generations now, we've had the greatest player in the planet. Like we had Michael Jordan, even before Michael Jordan, we had Larry and Magic, who were Americans. You know, mm-hmm. and then, like they were clearly it didn't matter like where you were from. Like they were just better. Yeah, and then there was Jordan, and then there was Kobe, and then there was LeBron. And I think like when you look at the NBA now, like there's no American star that's that transcendental. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's like like the old guard as they're going away like yes the young talent is good but it's not like this it's not like a once in a generation like like jason tatum devin booker ballers but yeah are they like kobe are they like lebron level like no they're they're just really good so we'll see yeah, and I, I think it's because of the competition, too, because everyone is getting better, you know, like the sport is getting more, it's like, it's getting more difficult to play because everyone's getting better. And so, like, it's just harder to become great mm. because everyone is good, you know, like, but we'll see. I think I'm excited to see it because 
people that I used to watch young when I was younger are all retiring now. Mm-hmm. And so like all these like young guys are coming up and so it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I think that's a good point actually like since everyone's getting better it's harder to be that much better than everyone else. Yeah, dude, like when I was playing basketball and we weren't doing step backs, we weren't doing like like crazy in between the leg drills and stuff. We were just doing fundamental basketball like mm-hmm. Three point stance, shoot the ball, pass the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But then nowadays, everyone's freaking, you know, like step back is a normal. Alley oops to each other. Yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. I see. I can see that. Yeah, I think like this was uh, something that I we, we talked about in one of my like philosophy classes, like sport philosophy classes, was like, is the American like culture as a whole? bad for their sports which is like american culture as a whole is very individualistic it's very like me centered and it's very like attention needs to be on me type stuff you know Hmm. so like if you bring that into sports which is fundamentally a team game like how does that how do you get those two to mesh well you know like and the truth is that it doesn't um so like you know how can you get how can you go from like selfishness and individualism into a like a fully fleshed out uh, teamwork oriented. Um, but no, that's that, that's an interesting point where you know the kind of like the American style is doing more harm than good when it comes to like its sports uh, philosophy with wanting to work cohesively as a team. I think that I feel like a, in, a, in a couple of ways America's getting it in its own way. I remember I saw that there was a post by I think it was. Uh, it was basically saying how the problem that, or some of the issues that the team USA was basketball team was facing was the fact that they weren't getting as many foul calls as they needed. And at the same time getting called on too much when they did commit a foul. And it's like base, it's basically where kind of like the NBA catered to having certain calls or having certain things go for the stars for the individual person. Cause obviously Yes, it's about playing basketball and performing at the highest level, but it's also considered entertainment. And yeah. it's the NBA trying to get people to watch someone who's entertaining, someone who's the star on the team versus over in the Olympics or over internationally. It doesn't matter if you're a star or not because it's truly a matter of like, like you know, um, competing. Yeah. And so like basically uh, the, the way that Team USA was playing – was trying too much on trying to get like certain calls rather than actually just playing basketball and just yeah. like trying to do well at it. So um, I think that kind of just speaks to how we may be shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. But I guess we'll see when the Olympics comes around and see how well the uh, men's team is able to adapt to that. No, I totally agree. I think especially because within the international basketball, it's a little bit more raw and rough like they're definitely more physical and the rules are different so um like the small small thing is you know when the ball is on the rim in the nba you can't touch it but an international you can if it's like rolling on the rim you can smack it out or you can just dunk it back in and so like i know that was a really hard thing for nba players to get used to because they're playing 82 games with the rules that they've been preparing for their whole lives. And then they go play international and the rules are a little bit different. 
and the court smaller, um, three point line shorter, which is an advantage for them. But there's a lot of disadvantage because you you can't you know like they're a lot more rough. It's a lot more physical, and so like I think Damien was like I totally agree with him. Like the game is very um what's it called catered toward them where it's like they can get these certain calls by mm-hmm. just doing certain moves all the time but then yeah. internationally it's like no you got to actually play basketball you can't just just yeah. swing your arm around and get a foul you know you can't just you can't just shoulder bump someone as you're taking a shot and get an extra yeah like be able to get to the foul line whether it makes or not yeah. just for like a little just for like a little bump yeah yeah yeah, like that's the funny thing is like uh, while we're talking about this is like um, was it JaVale McGee got uh, called up to the Olympic team yep. because of injuries, right? And mm-hmm. then it seems like how people were like, how does JaVale McGee get called to, the, to Team USA before Trey Young does? It's like, well, because Trey Young doesn't play basketball. He plays how how much can I get to the foul line? Yeah. So, and like I think Team USA definitely realizes like, yeah, he's not like it's not going to work. Cool. <laughs> so. And not just that, but like the guy JaVale McGee replaced was Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. And why would you replace a big man for a guard when the whole roster is stacked with cards right now? Yeah. 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 So definitely like I think people just like don't read into it. Or they read into it too much. And it's yeah. just like like if you actually know sports, like you would definitely realize like they're not like they're doing actually like smart decisions. Yeah. I mean not- it's not to say Javel McGee honestly deserves to be on Team USA, but like also we don't really have that many like good big men available anymore mm-hmm. to play for Team USA because like the best big men are all international nowadays. That too, and other other players don't want to get injured. Yeah, so, like yeah. I think Anthony Davis would be great, but that guy gets injured every if you look at him. So yeah, <laughs> you just blow on his ear and then ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. He has a sprained ankle. My back. <laughs> yeah. How did we even get here, dude? We were talking about powerlifting and now we're talking about Team USA. <laughs> it's because Giannis. You quoted Giannis. <laughs> oh, your fault, Kevin. <laughs> Sorry. It's my fault we segued out. The finals MVP quoted him. Yep. Yep. I mean, I saw that thing like a couple days ago and then I was like, wow, like that's like so profound. Yeah. So, yeah. Do we end it here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, unless we want to go back to powerlifting, <laughs> or we use our basketball, that's fine too. I, I think it's funny because it's like this is really a guest spot at this point. It, it was a guest spot in the beginning, and then it transitioned into a conversation, which is actually kind of better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, he's, he's not. I forgot we were recording. He's not a. He's not a guest, Kev. He's a substitute host. I'm a substitute host. Get it straight. No, you're not. <laughs> Your substitute your host. <laughs> no, because technically Min substitutes for you, and he substituted for Jackie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. substitute. I'm so a I'm... substitute host. Get it straight. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we went from talking about powerlifting and asking Damien about powerlifting uh, to suddenly Team USA and basketball. Uh, but if you listen so far, uh, thanks for stopping by. Hope you had just as much fun as we did. Um, Damien and I are filling in, or well, I'm refilling in for the position that was getting filled in by men, but he can make it so I fill back in. 
So it's kind of like I filled in for myself. Um, and Damien's here filling in for Jackie, so we probably won't be here next week. But um, you know what? It's fine. You'll see Josh next week. So Damien's filling in for me next week, dude. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, and we hope you had as much fun as we did. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Later. Later.